welcome back to Unscripted Gaming. My name is Josh, back from holiday and craziness, joined as ever by my esteemed colleague, Ray. Hello. And having the week off, Mike, out of town, enjoying some sunshine. Mm -hmm. Well, sort of, but, you know. Kind of. Beach. <laughs> not being at home. Not being at yes. home. We'll, we'll, we'll take it Him that. And the family are just taking some time off. Yeah, so I was I was able to make it back, and apparently Mike doesn't like me anymore. So he, you know, left the entire state. So we'll, you know, <laughs> I'll deal I'll deal with that in the best way that I know how. I won't process that with you guys right now. You so, guys you know. don't even live in the same state. What are you talking about? I mean, you know, whatever. It's fine. Oh. State podcast. You know, it's it's all we the, we all for people that the, don't know or are new to the podcast. We all live in different states. They're close to each other, but they're all different states. <laughs> I mean, that's that's neither here nor there. Let okay. me, Ray, just let me have my existential moment, oh, okay? That's all I'm asking. Sure. <laughs> I miss my friend. That's okay. all. That's that, all. That's fair. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> so, uh, how you been, Josh? Good, good. Um, I think I talked about this on one of the earlier podcasts, but I got a new job recently, so that has kept me quite busy. Um, but other than that, you know, things are good. Um, yeah, life is good. Playing playing a little bit of video game here and there. Other than that, trying to enjoy summer before it's gone because it's it's running away from us very quickly. It is creeping. It is creeping away. Ray, how are you? Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, August this year has been my time to, like, decrease the amount of games I've been playing. So I've been going to the gym a lot more. Um, there were two indie games I had sidelined that I decided to go ahead and give a shot. Uh, we could just get into that, uh, start talking about what games we've been playing lately. Um, yeah, let's do it. So one of the indie games was Panzer Paladin, which is a indie game based on you're an android named Flame inside of a mech named Grit, or they call them Panzers, and you... It's a very Mega Man-like 2D side-scrolling uh... I guess it's a 16-bit game. Uh, looks very 8-bit, honestly. And play the game. And you get weapons. And you can break the weapons. By uh, breaking them, you cast a magic spell that either buffs your mech or does damage to the world around you or it negatively impacts the enemy in some way or makes the next weapon you're about to use more powerful in some way. Uh, or you just keep the weapon. You get different sorts of weapons throughout the game and they have fun with it. You get swords, hammers, hockey sticks, police batons, uh, daggers, <clears throat> katanas. Like, name a type of weapon, and it's probably in Panzer Paladin. They have tons of different ones. And there's a weapon editor mode. So if you feel there's not enough weapons, you could go into it, and if you're good with pixel art, you can make a weapon. So I've seen some fun ones that are like, oh, yeah, that is clearly the Buster Sword from Final Fantasy VII. And it's called Buster Sword. <laughs> and when you break it, it gives you, like, a... Uh, more power or there's some that are like ah yes i recognize this this is the saber from the Mega Man zero series that that's kind of cool or since it's just pixel art one of them is just called um <laughs> uh zengatsu so it's literally just a picture of a uh, pixel art of the character zengatsu from um bloodstained ritual of the night and just just the actual character one of them was just called uh hero of time and it's just a pixel art of link 
<laughs> and you could just swing the pixel art of Link as a weapon. So the community's out there having fun with it, and it's it's a good time. I recommend it. It's quick to beat. Uh, there was another. Um, is this is this on Steam Switch? Where are you playing it? Uh, so you can get it on Switch. You can get it on Steam. There's a PS4 version. I think there's an Xbox One version. I got it for Steam for like five bucks. Definitely worth uh, fi- five bad. or fifteen bucks. I forget one of the two. Definitely worth the cost Still of entry. Um, I just checked on Game Pass. I don't think it's on there, at least on the PC side, but um, that doesn't mean it's not on Xbox or anything like that, but I'll have to check yeah, it out. Yeah, I, I highly recommend that, especially if you like uh, side-scrolling platforms like that. Uh, another one I played uh, is Luftrazas, which is a another pixel art type of game. It's been around for a long time, since 2014. Yeah, I remember uh, hearing a lot of discussions about that, you know, around the time that that game first came out. That was a very popular game at the time. Yeah, I don't know why, because you could do everything you want to do in it in, like, four hours. I guess it's just, like, getting high scores or something like that. I don't know, but by the time I hit, like, four hours in the game, I unlocked, like, the best weapon. You unlock, like, the best engine, the best body for the planes. Uh, and this is what it kind of is for people listening. You build different sorts of, they're called Luftrazas or planes, warplanes, German-based warplanes. It's a very fascist type game. But, you know, there's no Nazi symbology. We're just, we're looking past that. Uh, yeah. We're just fascists. They're, they're, they're just probably fascists. <laughs> um, but Fair but you're building different planes, getting better scores. It controls a lot, like asteroids if asteroids had gravity to it. That's the best way I could describe it. And different weapons okay. have different effects. Some uh, different engines have different effects. The bodies of different planes have different effects. You can make one of the bodies of a plane just a nuke, uh, so that when you get killed, which you will eventually will in the game, uh, the plane just blows up and clears everything on the screen because it was a nuclear detonation. Uh, the less the less time you spend firing, the more your plane like self-recovers and self-heals. It's fun. It's fine. Um, it's really quick. You can do everything you want to do in the game in like one sitting, in my opinion. Uh, but I got it for two bucks. Well worth the two dollars. And finally, I've been playing a bit of Destiny 2. I want to go ahead and play Volta Glass uh, with uh, Mike and the other Destiny people. And I, I decided like, okay, what do I got to do? You know what? I have to force myself to actually get better in the game so I'm not like the one heel dragging everyone down. So what's the way you get better? As I always say, you uh, you go into the online mode, you log in, you get your shit kicked in, you, get, you just get pummeled, and then you pick yourself back up and keep doing it. So I've been playing like exclusively Crucible just to force myself to get better at the game. And it's, it's kind of working. I'm starting to get my KD ratio before I started doing that was typically at like a, a point .3, point .4. I'm... <laughs> You know, you, you know, not good is is the best way to put that. Not great, uh, but lately it's now been at eight, uh, eight point, I mean, point eight or a one point oh. So uh, I'm getting there. Okay, I'm okay, getting there. You're getting there. Yeah. After uh, three days of actually giving a damn, I actually <laughs> am starting to see marked improvement. Best way I'm treating it is like it's a more advanced type of Halo. Is the way I have been going at it with the mindset and it's starting to work out but uh enough about me how what games have you been playing josh so um in the limited time i've had to 
play games with the new job. Um, still diving in a little bit here and there with the kiddos on the Pokemon Snap. Um, not much to say about that game. It is it is more Pokemon Snap with more modern trappings, but uh, you know more of the same. You, you drive around in a on rails. You take pictures of Pokemon, and you go from there. It's very pretty. It's fun. Um, pretty much exactly what Pokemon Snap in 2021 should have been. Um, and then I also have been diving into Jedi Fallen Order. Um, been playing that through Game Pass uh, with the uh, access to the EA Play basic tier. So uh, I have absolutely no idea how far I am in that game, but I'm having a good time. I, I like, I think the characters and the story that they're telling are very compelling. And as a filthy casual person who, you know, picks up a game, plays it for a half hour, 45 minutes, and then puts it down for two weeks and then comes back and plays it for two hours, you know, after two weeks, having a mode that is literally just, hey, you're, you know, you're not like not doing anything, but like you're gonna, you're just, you're really more here to sightsee and play the game and feel the story. So like, you know, you're, you don't have to have the, uh, frame perfect timings to blast the laser beam back at a stormtrooper like you want to, um, or you know, tuck and roll and then flip somebody around and shove a lightsaber through their back. You just, <laughs> you just, you're here and you're having a good time and you're still gonna die a lot. And it's mostly because of the animals, and the animals are actually somehow the hardest thing about that game half the time, but, um, no, I've I've I appreciate that mode very deeply, because um, I, I, it it doesn't feel like it's overly holding my hand, but it's not like I'm sitting here bashing my head against the wall trying to get that frame perfect timing and ducking around, you know, the elite shock troop to pre proceed to the next set piece and stunning visual area. So right, right, right. But yeah, liking that game so far, and then I haven't. Uh, what what planet as, are you on? Oh. I should ask. Um, the I just went back to um, Torva Nor whatever wherever the Imperials are doing like digging operations on the the tomb planet. Gotcha. Uh, I thought for a second, for just one second, you were about to say Torvis Bog from. Metroid Prime Two Echoes, and I'm like, oh, that's where Josh, my mind, that's where my mind Josh. kept going, that's where it kept going. Um, but no, that unfortunately, I oh yes, I have to fight the Alpha there. Blog, the best boss in Metroid history. Oh, I hate that thing. God. <laughs> um. So yeah, been playing Jedi Fallen Order, very much enjoying that so far. Going to keep with it for a little while. Longer. I really want to see, you know, this this in between you know the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy and like the the kind of weird sort of insurgency resistance fighting that the remaining you know jedi that were scattered around that time period very much interests me so here you know it's getting to experience a story told in that era you know that that time period i quite enjoy mm -hmm. so um and then the last game uh, my wife has been playing more of this game, but I have been experiencing it through her, either watching her play it or, um, you know, sitting down and discussing and helping her. So uh, the game is called 12 Minutes. It actually just came out a few days ago. Um, it's from this, I think, like one man studio or very, very small operation. It's been in development for a very long time. Um, 
but it's it's actually got a surprisingly uh, interesting cast. James McAvoy, Daisy Ridley, and Willem Dafoe Whoa. are the three major voice actors for the game. Wow. Um, but essentially, you play James McAvoy. You and your wife are you are this man who is stuck in this twelve minute time loop with your wife in your apartment um, before a cop comes and basically arrests and kills you for a murder that your wife supposedly committed so the mm-hmm. the whole thing is you know you are aware of the time loop and the other two are not and you are trying to you know using it's a very it's a point and click over the head uh, adventure game trying to figure out you know interact with the environment learn things bring it into the next loop um that style game so she's playing that very much enjoying that so far um i i messed up but also not really because it's an indie studio and i'm happy to um contribute but i bought the game for her on steam thinking it wasn't coming to game pass it came to game pass didn't it it came to game pass (laughs) (laughs) um but you know that means also i i can just play the game on game pass if i need to you know try and figure out the game myself or want to move at a different speed and not mess up per se because that would be bad what's Uh, interesting about this game i just looked it up is um they're not updating the website. I guess it really is just run by one guy because it says like, yeah, pre-order on Steam, but it came out like days ago. It's like, oh, all right, yeah, this, it's, it's probably literally just one person that's just like in a panic trying to make sure every the gears are turning. I mean, it honestly, like following the project was a lot like following AM2R, just not as drawn out, obviously. But it's like okay. you would you would get a post talking about the things in the tech and whatnot that they that he was working on. And it would go silent for a long time. And there'd be another post. And then it was like, oh, we're reworking this. And then it was like, all of a sudden, like, oh, by the way, we're Xbox is participating. And Daisy Ridley, William Defoe, and James McAvoy are joining the voice catch. And you're like, what? what is happening here? Like, how did this one guy making this, like, little tech demo that was featured on Giant Bomb Unfinished, like, in 20. 13 2015 mm-hmm. suddenly have these you know it's 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 been a fascinating ride just following the development that's where i'd love to hear more about that develop like just learning more about that development process but game game's fun so far very interesting story so very excited to see where that goes and uh, i want to know where the yeah, person that's... got the cash to hire three high tier voice actors i think microsoft you think microsoft paid like for i it? think I want to say Microsoft or some big studio like assisted in the project at some point and helped him get um, those voice actors. In fact, that it's on Game Pass now makes makes me think that that's that I'm correct in remembering that. But I, I want to say I think Microsoft came in and like was assisting with that at a certain point and helped get those interesting deals across the line. Uh, it's got a publisher that you've probably heard of before. Um... And the Pure Interactive, they did uh, The Outer Wilds, uh, mm. a pretty good game. They're publishing also the game Stray, which is coming out. You play Stray Cat. Uh, they got the game I'm kind of interested in, uh, Solar Ash, which is a supposed to be a Suedo sequel in a way or something like that. I don't know. To Hyperlight Drifter. Definitely has the same art style, mm. and it's clearly made by the same team. And yeah. Hyperlight Drifter is great, but it's also very Dark Souls-like in its masochism. So, you know, your mileage may vary how much fun you have with yeah. it. Yeah, 
I I fell off of Hyperlight Drifter for that very reason. Like I was enjoying the game. I thought it was beautiful. I thought, at the time, I remember thinking the story was interesting, but I remember also like hitting a point where I was just putting way too much effort. The the effort interest line started to skew on the wrong side, and I was like, mm, no. I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast uh, ever. I thought I did, but. The best way to play Hyperlight Drifter is with a guide. It is a guide game. There are people that say, like, no, don't play it with a guide. No, 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 no. Have fun with the game. Bust out a game guide, and you will have way more fun. I did. I beat the first dungeon without a guide. I beat dungeons two, three, and four with a guide, and I had substantially more fun. Substantially. <laughs> uh, anyways, other games you might be playing. Um, that is the that, yeah. Twelve minutes is interesting. I'm very uh, obviously, especially because I've been following and my wife has been following this project for a long time because she very much likes um, suspense, point and click adventure, mystery games. Like that is her wheelhouse. So you know, when I told her about this, she, every every six months she's like, "Hey, what, where's that? When's that game you told me was coming out in like two months?" At I'm like, "It's coming, I promise you." So how long was the um, de- development of it? I want to say the first, like, unfinished that Giant Bomb ran on it was, like, in 2015, maybe. Wow, okay. It's been around for a while. Maybe 2017. But it's it's been a long time, for sure. Um, but, yeah. So, uh, that's been the extent of what I have been playing so far in the last few weeks here. Okay, all And right. a bit of Destiny 2. Do- jumped into Destiny 2 with you the other mm-hmm. night. Um Still fun, still bad at it, but uh, yeah. It, Destiny, Destiny Two is a game, it, acknowledged as a game. Uh, and the season is almost over. I know Mike would love to tell us about the season, but I'm not as educated in that. Uh, so we're gonna move on from that topic. I'm so sorry, Mike. Yep. Real quick, quick, quick look. Ex twelve minutes. Giantbomb.com. April sixteenth, twenty fifteen. Wow, that's dedication. Credit to them. Six years yeah. is a lifetime of game development. Holy crap! And you you wonder how many how much time was put into the fact that they had to build enough to bring, you know, and actually play with Giant Bomb in 2015. So how many years went in before that to get to that point? So it, it, that's very AM2R like, honestly. Yeah, that I mean that's why I made that comparison. It it is very much like that in the you know the the weird indie development cycle of like. Hey, we're following this one guy. Probably not going to happen, but it'd be really dope if it did. Yeah, yeah. And good for them that it happened. Uh, Josh, yeah. speaking of things that happened, it's an awful segue, but there it is. Uh, how wow. familiar are you with Among Us? Among Us? I am um, pretty familiar with the game. Okay, cool, cool. It is It is. It is a cult cult sensation, and, you know, the the pandemic life so mm-hmm. cross-platform very exciting it it, it it does have very good cross-platform I, support that is true i i mean we i so with with the new job i was traveling for work a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. you all were playing among us on uh you know steam and on the discord and i was like well i can't get steam on my work computer because it's really tight you know tied down pretty tightly mm-hmm. but what if i downloaded among us on my phone and played that way and you know what it worked 
it wasn't the best experience just because touch controls for that are a little iffy but like it worked just fine and we were able to play the game and it was fantastic so yeah i'm, I'm familiar with among us oh okay uh and yeah i think it's really cool that you're like hey i want to join in the boys and playing this game and as long as you have your smartphone and the app you can and that i think that's yeah. dope um that's good that's good crossplay. How about how familiar are you with Fortnite? Oh, I, one, I don't like where this is going, oh. but two, <laughs> two um, I I mean, you know, I'm I'm aware of Fortnite's existence. I have played a very minimal amount of it. Um I know that there was a a rapper who had a who did a concert in it and that's uh, and Will Smith is coming to Fortnite. I know that much. Wait, really? Yeah, Will Smith. Will Smith is coming to. You Fortnite. know, being that Master Chief is in Fortnite, this really shouldn't surprise me at all. Like, it just doesn't. Yeah, I don't care. Um, and by the <laughs> way, it wasn't a rapper. Was it a rapper? I know Marshmallow did a concert in Fortnite. What, did someone else do it? Yeah, I I forget his name. He's the guy that like that first guy that they did a McDonald's meal for. I want to say Travis Scott, Travis something. He, I thought he did a concert in Fortnite. Hmm. The only concert I'm aware of is the Marshmallow one. But tell you what, I don't follow Fortnite that much. To answer my own question, I play Among Us about as much as you guys have, and that's about it. And I have, uh, I played about, if you look at my in-game clock for Fortnite, it says about maybe five to six hours. So I hopped in, I got the basics of it down. I said, oh, wow, I actually don't like this. And after a while, I just stopped playing. Um, but I'm in the minority of in the realm of video gaming. I'm not in the minority for my age group. Most people in my age group absolutely do not play Fortnite. That's for the kids. Uh, the kids love the game. They, they, they love the shooty. They love the fish bowl. They, they love uh, dropping into Tomato Town. It's all great. <laughs> um... Make your sound. Make yourself sound older. Right? I, I, I could try. <laughs> I hear that there's this guy named Marshmallow. What's he have to do with a Fortnite? <laughs> yes. By the way, Travis Scott, April of 2020, did a concert in Fortnite. Okay, there it is. Well, uh, Epic Games, who's still in a lawsuit with Apple, decided uh, they are just going to rip off Among Us. There's a there's a discussion to be had of like, well they're not really ripping them off. No, I don't want to hear this discussion. This is not up for debate with me. Um, they went in, they made a mode called Imposter Mode. Like already, like alarm bells are <laughs> flying off. And in that mode, you start building. Uh, I mean, you start going around. You're not even a battle royale. You're going around doing your tasks, not on a spaceship, but on a submarine. And uh, someone can at any time declare, uh-oh, we need to call an emergency meeting. And then everyone gathers into the middle of the submarine to start accusing other people of what happened. By the way, that's about the only time you could talk. And if you accuse someone of being one of the two imposters, you eject them from the submarine and they drown. As opposed to, as opposed to asphyxiation from the vacuum of space, you asphyxiate from the depths of the ocean. I'm sorry, this is this angers me. This is like so blatant. It actually seems illegal. <laughs> like, let's let's get into the nitty gritty. The developers of Among Us, uh, Inner Sloth Games, they've commented and they're like, "Guys, we wouldn't even be that mad. We've been trying to like collab with you for years now, and 
now you guys just go and do this. You just you just steal our idea. It should be noted that every major gaming uh, news outlet, The Verge, Kotaku, PC Gamer, all of them have contacted Epic Games to get their take on everyone that has ever touched Fortnite in any like large capacity, from professional streamer to small gamer. They're all calling it the Among Us mode. They're not calling it imposter mode. They're calling it Among Us mode. Um, Epic Games cannot be ever reached for comment on people saying... Huh, weird. Yeah, yeah, odd! Hmm. Uh, <laughs> about people saying this seems like a straight ripoff. <laughs> this is gross. This is disgusting. Uh, Inner Sloth is a studio of like 12 people. For Epic Games, which is a multi-billion dollar company to just like out and out rip off their idea and change almost nothing. Even the level design of the submarine looks extremely similar to the Skilled. As a matter of fact, the lead level designer for In The Sloth posted a side-by-side -side on Twitter, and I might actually just post it right here. Uh, I might post a link of it right here down below, showing like, guys, I don't know, this is, this is too close for comfort. As a matter of fact, Josh, I want your opinion while I go ahead and, uh, Look! Look this up. Yeah, send send that over to me. I gotta I gotta see that. But um, send it to me on Facebook so I don't um, mess up the recording. Okay. But the I I want to be surprised. But but do we remember that Fortnite Battle Royale was not the original game mode for Fortnite? Save the world. No, the original game had nothing to do with battle royale. Fort, and then yep. PUBG came out, and then all of a sudden Fortnite has its own battle royale mode. Now, granted that you know that 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 arms race took off across the board, and everybody has you know their own battle royale now. But yeah. it's like Fortnite and Epic kind of got to where they are by doing exactly that. So I can't, it, I can't be too surprised now i will say you know PUBG is still was a was a relatively smaller studio at the time but like has grown into a behemoth like the the among us developers are still pretty darn small um so to say like i don't know it just feels a little more slimy um Here's my my. Oh, okay. I don't. Okay, I don't even have to see the other video. Like, I don't have to see the other picture. <laughs> Just, like, oh my god, it's identical. Well, I sent you both so you can make a side by side, and it's like I don't need to. It's identical. It's, it's identical. It's, it's just the same thing. <laughs> they copy pasted it straight up. Look at that. Look at it. What am I supposed to say? What What is anyone supposed to say? It's. It's the same. It's, it's the same picture. It's the same. <laughs> um, that's that's gross. I I um, I I wanted to say like okay, I wanted to do the defense of Fortnite versus PUBG. PUBG is not Fortnite. Fortnite is not PUBG. I don't think those are exactly the same thing. Uh, you've played PUBG. No, we played. Mean... We played dozens of hours of uh, PUBG, um, 
and I know you've played a little bit of Among Us. I don't think we ever played that together. The the point being is like the skills that you take from Fortnite do not apply to PUBG at all. It's because PUBG actually uses like a specific type of like realistic weapons ballistics or as close as they want to get. Uh, if I shoot at someone in PUBG, they don't automatically erect a four-star hotel around them to stop any more shots from coming in. Um, hit confirms, death confirms, all that stuff from PUBG to Fortnite, all of that is completely different. It, they're completely different games. They're similar in the fact that they're Battle Royale, and that's like literally it. Uh, even the very simple, stupid stuff, like the pan... Uh, the fact that you have a frying pan on your hip and that deflects some bullets. Uh, it'll actually deflect the whole car in PUBG. If you try to run someone over in PUBG and they hit the actual pan on your character model, it does zero damage to you because the pan is modeled to be indestructible. That's fun. That's not in PUBG. <laughs> they have completely different things in mechanics. Um, but this, this is just, no. They didn't even try and make the rooms different shapes. I, I think that's a bad map comparison. I'll send you another one. Fortnite Imposter. And yeah, if you go to any like YouTube channel asking what's this mode like, all of them are going to say it's Among Us in Fortnite. And I actually think uh, the devs are... Okay. <clears throat> I don't know how to put this appropriately. I think the people working at the Fortnite division for Epic Games, I don't think they want this sort of scrutiny constantly on them. I don't think they're like, uh... Everyone's just calling it the Among Us mode. Is it keeping us popular, though? Because mm? if I would... I don't know. Maybe this is just me. Maybe I'm just a weird bleeding heart person. Here's a better, here's a better map rendition. There you go. And then you can compare it top down. Point being, it's... Oh, man. Man. That's not as blatant now, looking at it. Because the one you sent me, I was like, that's just the map. <laughs> um, but still, like, yeah. I, and, you know, it's one of those situations where it's like, I don't know that necessarily the, the Among Us developers have any really like what their case is there if you know if there was anything especially given the size of epic like i think they have they could take a it. case to court but they definitely don't have the money of fucking epic games no no absolutely not i think this is literally a case of a big bully beating up on the little guy like just straight up stealing an idea from the little guy and there's nothing that they could do yeah. about it which doesn't really do a lot to help epic in its time of like oh we're you know the big, the big. We're just trying to help the little guys from the big, the big bully tech guys. So let us, let us, let us not pay thirty percent. Like it just doesn't. Those two things don't work together, and it's not that I'm saying that Epic doesn't have grounds in its lawsuit. But when you do things like this, it doesn't make you seem like you know the White Knight. It just makes you seem like an exploitator. Like in my opinion. To me, and this is just to me, uh, epic loss in the court of public opinion for me only, because they're like, we're going to violate a Apple's terms of service because we can, and Apple says, well, no, and then they kick them off. They're like, ha, you fell into my trap card. You, we violated your terms of service just so we could take you to court. And it's like, what? 
Well, what is your what is your issue? They charge us thirty percent. They should charge us less. Uh, you're a multi-billion-dollar company. That now I think there are plenty of people who do see Epic in in a positive life on that front, just given the um the size and scope of Apple's cut and just how locked down and hard they make it for smaller creators on that platform, especially. Um, so I I think in that sense you you do see some positivity towards what epic is doing in that front but yeah but th this does not help their like we're here to help the little guy cause no, you're here to steal from the little all. guy like yeah. rob them blind it, it's it's gross to me because that means that if they're willing to rob from a small indie studio no one is safe like th there's no line that the only people that are safe are the people they can't like get countersued from like some big name like an yeah. EA or Activision they'll steal from anyone no matter what even if it's a little indie dev that made a fun little game that came out years ago and only got popular because one streamer picked it up and then a bunch of other streamers and then it cascaded down and now Fortnite wants that sweet Among Us money and it's not even like it's for what? You're the biggest name in gaming. What was the, the amount of money you were earning not enough? Did you need all of the money? <laughs> ah, anyways, that that angers me to no end. But <clears throat> we don't have to harp on that topic for too long. Josh, I know you have a burning tech minute. I know you do. I know it's in the can. Go ahead and just get it out. Oh, there it is. Time for Josh's. Time for Josh's. Time for Josh, time for Josh, time for Josh's, Josh's Tech Minute. The best part about this right now is I'm having some audio issues, so you can't hear it right now. I could hear it, and it's on the video, but you're going to have to go and specifically remember to get that and play it and splice it into the audio. And again, I like how Josh always just... has to remind me <laughs> that I have to go out of my way. I put in his dumbass song of It's Time for Josh's Dun Dun. It's Time for Josh's Dun. I hate that song. Uh, while you start this, I'm getting a beer. I don't have to listen to the very first couple <laughs> seconds of this. All right. So, a lot has been happening in the tech world. Actually, just uh, the other day, we had Intel's Architecture Day uh, 2021. So, we are finally getting details on the Alder Lake CPUs and and. Intel's next generation finally getting off the 14 nanometer plus 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 that has been around since almost 2015 2016 in the Skylake days. So um, some of the big takeaways from this is they are they're going to kind of be following AMD's lead a little bit, uh, kind of we what we suspected, and, and moving to a chiplet design um, and really getting more in depth on the big core little core or as they call them performance core and um i can't remember what the e is um but the big core little core architecture and having devoted big power hungry cores that are there for heavy com computation for uh rendering for games things like that while you have these low-end low power cores that are going to handle a lot of the system resources web browsing and whatnot to try and free up some of that but also make their cpus more power efficient which has been the biggest problem for intel 
in the last few years, especially being stuck on that 14 nanometer. Since they haven't had a lot of process changes, but they need to keep the clock speeds high, they've really had a hard time with thermal throttling and, and keeping the power of those packages reasonable enough for a desktop CPU. Um, it, you know, they had some other things that they were talking about. The Intel GPU is actually, you know, getting pretty close to launching as well. Um, they had a lot of data center information. But again, the big thing is that the, the new architecture finally getting ready to come out sometime later this year, early next year. Um, you're, you're really going to have to pay attention if you're going for an Alder Lake CPU because things are going to be changing where, you know, normally it's like, oh, if you buy an 8-core CPU, you're going to have 16 threads, but with the the threading of some of the performance cores, that may not be the case where you could have an 8-core 12-thread CPU um, because some of those low-power cores aren't going to be hyper-threaded, but especially with, you know, a lot of those new regulations around power efficiency coming out, you know, Intel's really trying to focus on um, trying to do something um, they even had Intel talk, not Intel, but Microsoft talking that some of the um, changes that they're making in terms of scheduling tasks on the CPUs because of the way the new architecture is within Windows 11, helping that and, and ensuring that we're not wasting performance by the CPU just not knowing how to schedule things because the cores aren't talking to each other properly. Uh, so, I mean... I think this next round of CPUs, we're going to see Intel coming back into some, some serious competition after, you know, kind of having ceded so much ground to AMD over the last few years. So it's a very interesting time to be, um, it's a very interesting time to be watching the CPU market. It, it hasn't been this interesting in a long time and seems to be really, uh, pushing forward so we'll see we'll see what happens over the next year or so here now you oh we also you always beat the drum of intel getting their getting their dick kicked per se by amd now granted granted i will say it is looking sexy for amd gpus and cpus lately but they haven't toppled intel they've just looked like the better option no but they have they have they have eaten a significant portion of the market share, especially in the you know desktop DIY space, and have even started to trickle into the the laptop space where AMD almost has not had a hold e even before the success of Ryzen. You know, you just did not see a lot of AMD CPUs in the laptop space, so. You know, when when you have Intel ha was just refreshing the same process node for six years, and AMD coming out and and pushing the envelope every single year and putting out something new, increasing what they could do, increasing core counts, changing, um, you know, increasing the IPC, getting more power efficient. You know, you really see Intel finally starting to say, okay, we can't just rest on our laurels, and doing some actual innovation so i mean we we've heard about 10 nanometer for so i mean it's such a big deal that intel has changed their naming scheme to no longer say it's not a, it's not intel 10 nanometer in, anymore it's intel 7 you know why because tsmc and amd are on their 7 nanometer and samsung's on their 7 nanometer and even 5 nanometer processes so is like intel's like we can't we can't be on 10 nanometer we're that's just 
we have to have a number like everybody else. So, <laughs> you know. But the, to to but, what end? Like, having smaller nanometers doesn't intrinsically mean that you're going to have a better processor. No, I mean, not necessarily. Um, but, I mean, it does change the way that your, your architecture is... Th- it, it also helps with power efficiency if you are able to shrink it down to the point where you are um, getting those nodes closer and closer together. It, it certainly doesn't hurt. I mean, we, and we saw with, with Intel, you know, in the last few years, being stuck on the same process node and being having the same size, there was only so much they can do it. Yeah, they squeezed a lot of performance out of it, but at a certain point, you know, they had to shave two extra cores off or they, you know, had a 195 watt part that boosted up into the 250 watt and you really needed to have some exotic cooling to get the most performance out of it. So yes and no. I mean, those, those chain, those process changes do have an impact. It's not, you know, it's not always like smaller number equals more better, but it doesn't hurt either. Mm. Now we are getting to the point where we are going to start seeing diminishing returns. So, you know, there are, was reading some stuff about the things that they're looking at in the future of, of doing more chiplets or ways that they're going to stack things that will um, kind of put the silicon in a weird 3D space where you have stuff on top of each other, even different than it is now, that will kind of take the point. Because if we get much smaller past, I think, 5 or 3 nanometers, we're going to get to a point where some weird stuff happens and things will be able to swap between the the gates and we're gonna you know you'll you'll be in a point where it's almost too small where things happening at the quantum level are getting funky in those cpus without some major changes okay now wasn't there an issue or isn't there an ongoing issue where silica for some reason is just running dry so there there is a you know obviously with just sil- the supply chain issues have crowned the the United States and the world. Yes, that has been a problem. Um, there was actually a big problem with Taiwan and TSMC. There was a big drought, and obviously you need to have a lot of clean water when you're um, running your foundries. So there was a concern there that because of the drought, you know, production was going to be slow. But I, you know, I don't know that there's necessarily a a silicon shortage that's going to be impacting processor production and development like in the near term but definitely something that you know, folks are looking at you know, there was something about a, a new flexible CPU that's built on a plastic process rather than a silicon one um, very low power but you know something that could be highly mass produced and put into you know very thin and small applications you know they were talking about like little processors that you could put in a milk jug to tell if it had gone bad or something like that so you know they're definitely researching into ways to get past or beyond silicon because that's definitely something that is a concern but not like an immediate threat okay gotcha because that seemed to have been like a ongoing concern all of last year and i don't think it was just pandemic related i think it's actually like a supply chain shortage issue yeah, and I mean that's certainly there. You know, getting getting those kinds of materials. You know, the the extraction and mining processes is definitely a challenge. But we, we, we um, should stop that. Yeah, we probably should. 
we we should really but stop that. But but Ray, what if? But my but I need to. I you gotta get it. You you have to have a faster computer all the time, always. <laughs> I can make it like a a decent argument that we really should have stopped that like the 1080 Ti. I think that was the peak of where we were seeing with like legitimately good gaming. Like, there's a large argument, I think I was talking about it with you the other night, of, like, anyone that says I need to see my games in 4K is bullshitting you, uh, to a certain extent, because there's not that many rigs right now that can efficiently run 4K 60 frames per second. Like, they can try, uh, or it's like a 5K $5,000 rig or something like that. And even then, like, there's not that many games that will run that well like the game itself might not be optimized to consistently do that there's so few so i get it it's there it's existing we're not there yet but we haven't like been there for like uh i want to say the past eight years since 4k has been around am i mistaken in that am, am i miss am i missing that mark it, it might be just no, we're, I... we're hitting like extreme bottlenecks here people uh and the extreme bottlenecks are like getting us diminishing returns i mean that's why there's been the focus on ray tracing um because you know the the traditional raster process has you know people know what it is and and there's only so much you can continue to push that and and get any appreciable difference and growth out of it and i think that's one of the reasons why that you know the, the new cards have really been focusing on ray tracing because it's the only way that you can continue to push that envelope but i i would agree with you i mean the the reason i am upgrading my computer is not to get prettier graphics it's to do better production stuff you know i want to be able to um record better gameplay footage and mm -hmm. and edit these podcasts better and do a little more you know i want to do that kind of production work so i'm not even like you know i have a 5700 xt or whatever i 5700 XT in this, you know, it's a, it's perfectly fine. I run my games at 1440p, 100 plus FPS, you know, medium to high settings, depending on the game. And that is more than enough. Yeah. There's a, I think the only game I played lately that gave me legitimate trouble, um, processing wise was Resident Evil 8. Actually, I, I don't know if that game is well optimized because it does was not well optimized on my PC. I, I kept having to mess with it up until near the end of the game. Like, I, I just don't know. But I want to say it was me, but uh, I popped in and, you know, as I was saying before, I was playing some Destiny 2. Bit of an older game. Came out, what, 2017, 2016, something like that? Yeah. Uh, still runs fine. 60 frames per second. Uh, 1440p. Looking good. Playing well. I... Don't know what to say. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the reasons I fell off fell off control a little bit is I I kept having to, to I was oh god controls a, a nightmare on the PC. <laughs> and I hear it's even worse. Like it's not great on PC in general, but it's even worse on AMD. So like even on medium settings with eight gigabytes of video memory, I was pushing into memory errors because I was running out of v VRAM, and I was like. I, I'm very interested in where this story is going, but I cannot stop every 30 minutes to try and, like, dial in these settings so it doesn't keep pushing my, you know, 8 gigs of VRAM to the limit. Like, it's I, just, I, I'm it's so sorry. I thought it. I talked about the podcast, but if I didn't, I should have warned you. 
Yeah, that game is so poorly optimized for PC. It crashed on me all the time. And I'm talking like reset back to like... It's got a very generous checkpoint system. I'll give it that. But there was nothing I could do to help that game. It, even near the end of the game, I still was running into crash issues. So I get it. I totally get it. It's not a long game. It's not. It's not like 80 hours or something like that. So... It's a good story if you want to push through it, but yeah, I get it. If you, I mean, off. maybe, maybe, maybe there'll be some patches that have come out recent, more recently after Jedi Fallen Order. I can give it a try, but um, yeah, no, I definitely see what you're saying. Um, but you know, Intel Architecture Day, very interesting things. It'll be also interesting to see what uh, how AMD responds because there have been some rumors about. Um, well, A, the 5,000 series Threadrippers that will be coming out soon, but also the, you know, what does the next, um, what does Ryzen 6 look like? Um, I do believe one thing I do know about Ryzen 6 is they're actually going to go to a um, LGA socket like Intel chips, not the PGA anymore. So no more fragile pins on the actual chips. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what AMD does to answer those when it comes time for them to refresh their cpus the only other thing i wanted to talk about in the tech minute and i know this is a little past but you know there's been a lot of kerfuffle about some um you know california banning gaming pcs which that. has just been a ridiculous oh my god uh, it's it's a on, bit more complex honestly, than just california bans gaming pcs <clears throat> it's yep and honestly i like i think that the regulations that the California and those other states, and I think British Columbia have put in, are they're good. They should be that way. Can, 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 can we take a moment? Can we take a, a tiny bit of sidebar here? Just a small one. Yeah. Everyone, everyone, everyone. That's everyone listening to this podcast as well. Our consumerism needs to stop. We need to slow the fuck down. For those of you listening to this, thinking that, like, global... Uh, climate change isn't a real thing. For fuck's sake, there are certain states that are still burning whole provinces of California. Are not, not California, I'm sorry, Canada. But California in and of itself has a lot of issues. We should probably slow down our consumption rate. Oh my god. Like, the, the, the people that get are, like, actually angry over, like, the new gaming PC regulations coming into California. One, it's it's a little bit more complicated than like all gaming PCs are banned. It's like no, all pre-built gaming PCs are. You and it's not even all pre. It's not even all pre-built gaming PCs. It's all pre-built gaming PCs that do not meet certain efficiency requirements. Yes, you can still get and a mid-grade. You can even get a you. Okay, here's the thing, which really upsetting, is the. The consortium that helped make the regulations contained what company who made a big kerfuffle about their Alienware PCs not being available in Canada? That's right, Dell. Yes. Dell was part of the group that set the regulations. They knew they were coming, and they still did not make any changes to make their PC, a few SKUs with their PC compliant in California. Mm -hmm. Because... Dell is incompetent and terrible. <laughs> Good but, I mean, it's 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 mostly like, hey, 80-plus bronze is probably not efficient enough in 2021 and moving forward. And if you are doing certain applications, like, 
certain high-end components earn you more wattage and more threshold or meet the uh, upgradable computer specifications that are laid out in the regulations and, and let you more in the power budget. But it's like, the thing isn't the computer while it's running because you know what? We Usually when the computer is running and you're doing a task, you're playing a game or something, like, yes, there's more power going to the system, but you're actually doing something with it. The big thing this is trying to tackle is a computer at idle. A computer where you're doing no task and you have walked away from and it is continuing to run and consume power. Because right now at the pace of increasing computation by 2040, I think, there will be more demand for PC power than is being generated, mm -hmm. like on the grid. Well. So. It's not just that, and and this is me being kind of a kind of a jerk about it, uh, and, and this feeds back into you, sir. It's the crypto mining as well. Like, crypto mining is fucking us over as as a as a species. It is. We we are making funny money. Um, what was it? Dogecoin itself used more energy last year than the nation of uh the Netherlands. That's absurd for, for for a for a currency that doesn't even exist technically like it exists because people say it exists but it doesn't really you could just say no it doesn't and, and like that's the end of it it's gone it, it, you, you could do that with cash too you could do that with cash you could do that with cash but at minimum at minimum the u.s government has the backing of the U.S. military to say, yes, it does mean something, and that's the end of that discussion. You can't do that with Dogecoin. There's no Doge army yet, but there shouldn't ever be either. Daddy Elon's going to change that soon. Fuck him. Fuck him and everything about him. But no, like... Hey, like, I mean, all I'm, all I'm saying is I have a wallet that has Bitcoins in it, and I went to a merchant, and I said, hey... Have have these bitcoins and then give me a product and they did it. So no, I I get it because when I think it was last February, me and Mike we hopped into the Robinhood app, we threw a couple bucks into Dogecoin, it exploded, and I said yes, I would like that to be actual money now, and they did it. And I was like, oh right, money isn't real. Cool. Uh <laughs> <laughs> this this. Imaginary coin with a picture of a yellow dog on it apparently means something. It it, it doesn't. It's it's all a scam. It's all a bit. It's all a big scam. But that said, um, the the type of consumption rates that we're having, uh, and even to the point where people are saying like, I need the latest and greatest GPU for X Y Z reason. Um, maybe no. Like, I, I know this sounds, like, very authoritarian of me, kind of, but maybe we could slow down a lot, because I would like... Uh, there's a there's a couple podcast members here with kids. I would like to have kids myself. We all want to have families that want to grow up with the Earth not being on fire because we wanted to see our games in 4K. Can, can we have that sort of, like, inner revolution, or not revolution, just, like, realization of that? That that's that's maybe a bigger topic than for our dumb little podcast, but like seriously, let let let's let's tamp down, let's calm down a little bit. It'll be all right. It'll be okay. The the PC that you could buy pre-built off of Alienware.com or I buy power. That's 
that's going to play any game that you're going to fucking want to play on it just fine. Let's face it, you're buying it for Fortnite or Apex Legends. Gonna be fine. Most of that processing power is done on the server farm somewhere else. Anyways, that's all. That's yep. me off my I soapbox. Mean, no, I did, I, did, I did, you know, no, I did that calculus too, and I was like, okay, I've got, I've got the cash in, in coin to upgrade something about my computer, you know, it, for one of the two big components. And it's like, okay, I mean, I could make my games look slightly more pretty, or I can give myself more practical applications and, you know, do more work and do more things for the podcast and other things that I like to do. And it's like, okay. But also that the CPU and the motherboard that I have that I'm going to no longer have use for, like I either sell to somebody to continue to expect, you know, expand that part's life, or hey, you know, there are a couple of projects where you know I'm talking, thinking about putting a NAS together or something like that. So the the components that I am replacing are still going to have function. They're not just going to a landfill. You know, somebody, whether or not it's me or some other human being out there, is going to continue to utilize those parts until you know hopefully they are running to the ground and, and definitely something you need to reflect on before you make a decision of like why am i buying this yeah. am i buying it because i have an actual need or function for this thing or just because like more frames equals more better i, I i've made this argument on the podcast before i'll say it now Anything above 90 frames per second, and unless you're an esports player, you literally, physically can't tell the difference. If you're saying I need my games to be 150 frames per second, you're lying. Uh, unless you're literally getting paid to watch it that be that fast. And even then, jury's still out that you're actually seeing it that fast. Thank you, Felix. He agrees with me. See that? <laughs> Anyways, uh, you got anything else to add, Josh? No, I mean, you know, they're, they're, those are the two big things happening in the tech world at this point um, that I can think of. Ray, is there anything else on your mind that you'd like to discuss? Not gaming-wise, no. No, we, we are good. We can go ahead and wrap it up here. Perfect. Well, for the next time that there is a jo hot Josh's Tech Minute or any other fun things that we discuss on this podcast, you know where you can find those at? Oh, I, I, I do, but tell you what. Tell me again in case I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Unscriptedgaming.com. You can go there to find links to all of our video, social, and audio feeds. You can get us on Facebook at Unscripted Game Podcast, Twitter at Unscript underscore gaming. We're on SoundCloud, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, everywhere you want to be. Get us in your ears. Get us in your eyes. Thank you for watching Unscripted Gaming. My name is Josh. Uh, and my name is Ray. Peace.